Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go. It's hour number three of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan, and we're about to talk some Cowboys here with you. Is uh, Joining us now, one of our favorite guests, John Owning, Pro Football Focus here on uh, home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. Top 10 with Woolchucks coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, John, good afternoon to you. How the heck are you? Cannot complain. It's a nice day out here in Northern California. How you all doing? We're doing wonderful. Uh, are you in Niner country? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Which is why I was cheering hard for the Chiefs to win. Thankfully, they came out on top. <laughs> so I didn't have to hear it from every person in my life. <laughs> so you're surrounded by them, are you? Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. What's the reaction to, to why it went wrong? Shanahan, Purdy, who's getting the majority of the blame? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see it both ways, honestly. The Shanahan thing, the whole thing that makes sense to me that I agree with like what everybody else is saying is you can't let Mahomes go second. You can't let a, touch, a Mahomes touchdown win the game. And I feel like they should have went for it on fourth down to because of that fact because you don't want to let Mahomes get the ball and be able to seven points wins the game so i guess i would put it on shanahan's shoulders mostly do you think steve wilkes is a scapegoat i do not i actually have been hearing about steve wilkes and shanahan kind of not really getting along well throughout the season um one of my good friends is kyle posey who runs the 49ers SP nation and he was talking he was talking about all the time how there was a lot of friction between the two so i was i was kind of expecting it if they lost that steve wilkes would be fired so I was not surprised, but I can understand that it does not look good right after he held Mahomes to what was it, 19 points yeah. in regulation, and then you fire him. That doesn't really look good, but I think it was more due to how the defense performed throughout the season and how there was just friction in, in different philosophies between the two. John, what do you make of the Mike Zimmer hire? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, especially schematically. Obviously, the things we don't know are the things that Dan Quinn did the best is the people stuff. He was really good at a person-to-person point of view, and I'm not really not really sure how Zim will fit in that point of view. But from the scheme perspective, I'm super excited. I mean, I'll go from front to back, from the fronts and the coverage. Uh, front-wise, I'm really excited. He's going to bring back the over fronts. With Quinn, we were mostly, when we were uh, four down, we were running mostly under fronts where the three technique aligns opposite of the tight end. And then when we were in odd, we played mostly a lot of bear stuff. And you saw some double legal stuff with some double three technique. But what I really like about the overfront for this Cowboys defense, especially the struggle against the run, is it makes you a lot more solidified against strong side runs because when you have the three technique to the strong side and you have that one technique on the backside, it covers up the Mike linebacker a little bit more. So yep. he has a little bit more freedom to scrape and make plays. And you have more players to that strong side to the tight end spot. You know, in the past, when you saw the Cowboys, when you play under front, it's kind of more of a pass rush front because you can create one-on-ones with the three technique and the backside defensive end. It's a little bit harder uh, in over front to do that. But 
you gain a lot more resources. The strong side lunge was a space that I think the Cowboys struggled against, as everybody saw at times last year. So I think that's going to be beneficial. And then coverage-wise, I like that he has much more diverse coverages. You saw in Minnesota, he majored in cover two. He majored in cover three. They even played a lot of Mad Matt stuff uh, similar to Nick Saban, the cover seven stuff, the split safety Mad match stuff. And I think that's going to really give the Cowboys more answers to opposing offenses to what how they're attacking and be able to keep them more uh, off off base, off balance. I think that's going to be something that's going to really help the Cowboys in the secondary. And then, obviously, everybody talks about the double A gap, the double mug uh, blitz package that Zim has made so famous and how Micah Parsons is going to fit into that. And it's going to really fit well because he's going to, as we've seen, he's really good at blitzing through the A gaps. But one thing I think everybody's overlooking is how much it can help Micah Parsons when he's lined up up on the edge. Um, From 2018 to uh, 2021, uh, uh, Daniel Hunter ranked, top five and unblocked pressure rate on the edge. And a lot, a big reason for that is because when you're using that double mug package so much is offenses have to allocate more resources to their interior blocking. Right. So that means there's less resources to allocate to the edge and it's harder to chip. It's harder to, you know, slide the protection towards someone like Michael Parsons or Daniel Hunter. So that you're creating more one-on-one matchups. You're creating more situations when you add in more extra blitzers that um, Parsons could even get an unblocked pressure or two, something that, is make-believe, you know, for the first three years. So I'm really excited from a scheme perspective how his ability to uh, create really good pressures, especially on third down. Mike Zimmer's a, a wizard on third down. His defenses have historically always been really good on third down, so I think that's something that's going to be exciting. And I'm just really looking forward to those schematic changes that we've looked for with Dan Quinn being implemented with Zimmer. If uh, Will McClay and Stephen Jones give him the first pick there at 24 for a defensive player, I'm not asking you the name, but what position is he going with? Oh, it's it's so hard to ask that before stuff like free agency has happened and sure. before stuff like that. Obviously, the biggest uh, position of need is linebacker, I would say. Mm-hmm. But then you have the problem with uh, I'm not sure there's any linebackers worth a selection in the first round. It would be nice if our guy Peyton Wilson didn't have the injury history. Boy, he is of a, beat up. Yeah, sure would be. <laughs> terrible, but, you know, I could, you know, I could see a, uh, you can talk me into taking almost any position in the first round. I think you can even convince me to take an edge defender, take a pass rusher in the first round. Let's say a late two losses there or Jared verse. You can definitely convince me to take a defensive tackle, whether it be a one or a three technique, like a Tavondre sweat or a Byron Murphy from Texas or a Jerzon Newton. Uh, yeah. From Illinois, those could go. Um, cornerback, definitely a lot of cornerbacks that I think. You know, Quinion Mitchell probably won't be there, but maybe a Kool-Aid McKinstry or a Terrion Arnold from Alabama. I think both of them could be good fits there. Um, the one position I actually don't think that they need to really allocate many resources to that I hear a lot of people talking up is safety. I think the Cowboys, especially in a Zimmer scheme where they, you play interchangeable safeties, I think with Donald Wilson, Malik Hooker, Wanye Thomas, moving Marquesi Bell back to safety, um, even having Israel Mukwamu be able to uh, be a safety. I think they have plenty of depth and starting caliber players there. So I think that's probably the one position on defense that I really don't think is necessary that you could really talk me into taking in the first round. John owning pro football focus with us here in the G bag nation. Okay. So you mentioned the safeties, you mentioned Micah. I'm I'm curious if you had any, any current guys on the defense in mind that you feel like really benefit from being in this Zimmer scheme. 
Oh, well, one I think is the perfect fit is Demarcus Lawrence being the strong side defensive end, the Everson Griffin in this scheme in this scheme for Mike Zimmer. I mean, he Demarcus Lawrence does everything that Mike Zimmer loves in a strong side defensive end. He can take on blocks, he can penetrate if need be, he can pass he can do the second reaction pass rush where he has to defend the run and then go to the passes. A lot of times when Zimmer has his strong side defensive end. Obviously, he's shaded by a tight end and a tackle, so a lot of times you've got to work through some traffic before you can get upfield, and I think DeMarcus Lawrence is made perfectly for that. I mean, his ability to disrupt opposing running schemes from that strong side is beneficial, so I think he's going to someone who's going to be fantastic in Zimmer's scheme. And another person who I think is going to thrive is Donovan Wilson. I think his ability to uh, the usage more of split safety looks is going to benefit Wilson because I think you didn't see him play a lot of single high stuff, but I think split safety, he's fine playing deep. We saw him do some good coverage stuff. I even think he got an interception from that point this year and his ability to move from the box and play deep in those perspectives because uh, Zim likes to use a lot of the guys will have his safety's line close to the line of scrimmage and then bail out at the snap and run deep or at the same time the inverse go from deep to shallow. I think that could really benefit Donovan Wilson as well. John, um, on offense, on the offensive side of the ball, how much progress do you think their scheme made throughout the year? I think they made a lot of progress. I think they're just at the end inhibited by the things that they didn't uh, fundamentally build into the offense from day one. I think we saw, especially coming out of the bye week, the offense was using, you know, they went from more static looks, they're using more motion, more motion at the staff, more bunches, more three by one formations instead of just being two by two, you know, those type of things. They were allowing Dak more freedom to make plays down the field rather than forcing them to be look short to intermediate so much. So I think it really uh, improved a lot. And I just hope that through the off season, they continue to lean into those things that they did more frequently. You know, they start baking in those motions into their basic fundamental play so that it's easier for them to incorporate them and make changes from week to week and on an opponent to opponent basis. And and how important is a personnel upgrade there, particularly with the running game? Could you design an offense with any quarterback where if you can't run, you you can still operate against good defense? Yeah, I think we definitely need, especially, you know, interiorly on the offensive line at center, I think is a big spot where you can help improve the run game. I know Brian has talked about it a bunch on like the draft show and stuff about how you need a center that can cut off the defense and create those backside, those cut, those backside cut opportunities on especially outside zone runs and inside zone runs. And I think if you get a center, you know, everybody's talking about Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, get someone who can really cut the defense in half and create those uh, cutback running opportunities. You'll see the offense, your know, offense is running, a, running success rate improve a lot. John, if you could, uh, I know Brian asked you like at 24 if you could pick a defensive player, but kind of just looking big picture at free agency and the draft, where are some positions that maybe you would like to see attacked via free agency and then you can fill the rest in the draft? Well, one that I mentioned on Twitter recently that the more and more I watch the linebacker position in the draft is the more and more I think you've got to get your starting guy in free agency. You know, yeah. a guy like Aziz Alshayer, you know, maybe, or even a Josie Jewell, or even if you want to make a splash, they'll get somebody like a Levante David. You know, I think those guys are going to be able to come in and make a bigger, stronger impact day one than someone like, you know, a Junior Colson from Miami or, a, or a, you know, a Jeremiah Trotter from Clemson. I think 
you need to go get somebody in free agency to shore it up there, and then maybe even double dip, get somebody in the middle rounds. You know, yeah. maybe if Peyton Wilson falls because of injuries, you can grab him on at the end of day two or even early day three, something like that. What do you think about the job Dan Quinn's done so far with his staff in Washington? Oh, pretty impressive so far, I think. I think pretty impressive. I like a lot of the people that he's bringing in. Um, who did he bring? Uh, this is bad, right? Who did he? I forget who he brought in as his defensive line coach, but I was pretty impressed with what he did there. And then he brought in. Uh, I yeah, I'm just, I can't remember the names off the top of my head right now, but I remember being impressed by the kind of coaching staff that he's created and kind of wondering like. Why didn't you bring some of those guys over to the Cowboys? And I think that kind of goes into the kind of yeah. push and pull that him and Mike McCarthy had in defensive per, defensive defensive coaching staff coming out of last season. That's Daryl Tapp, defensive line yeah. coach. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah, it's from the 49ers. Dan Quinn, he changed his scheme when he got here and he talked a lot about that. In those three years, how did it evolve or not evolve enough? Did it get outdated? You know, how, how quickly is the, is the the meta changing? I think he did update it. He made updates each year. I think you saw with the way he utilized, you know, Michael Parsons. He updated that with coverage-wise. He kind of oscillated between running a lot of cover one and cover three. Still kind of the one thing that I wish he, he was more uh, – adaptable with was pre and post snap disguise. I think he was way too static in that situation, running single high and not running enough change ups for the offense. I think that was something that kind of hurt the Cowboys. And I think that um, the biggest thing that kind of hurt him in Dallas was not, was being too stubborn and not matching the offense's personnel. So when the offense was in like 21, 12 personnel, he would still be in nickel and rather than, putting in a beefier defense with the base defense. He was kind of always living in nickel and dime looks, which makes sense because he wanted to get the three safeties. He thought the Cowboys had more uh, promising secondary players than they did linebackers, so he kind of leaned into those. But I think when you're getting so hurt by the run and those kind of concepts that you need to be able to match personnel and get beef on beef and size on size, and that's something that really hindered Dan Quinn. And that's I think he showed a little bit more stubbornness from a scheme perspective than you would like from a defensive coordinator. John, do you think that sometimes these coordinators are, that they've got just, uh, sorry, this is going to sound really bad, that they got <laughs> dumb players, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and they're afraid of trying to do more. You know, I mean, do you guys, when you, when you, when you were watching tape, you're like, man, that is a dumb secondary right there. You know, yeah. or, man, they just don't, they can't, you know, the pre-snap motion, all that stuff like that, it, any type of movement, they just can't handle that. How do you account for that? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, that's something that it's always more difficult for us on the outside to evaluate than the coaches yeah. on the inside. You know, a lot of times when we're saying, like, oh, we need to run a more diverse coverage, right. more diverse coverages, we need to do these man-match concepts, all these, you know, innovative things. And they're like, yeah, I would love to be doing those things as well, sure. but I just don't have the guys that can learn and implement that on a quick basis. And I think if there's a potential downside to Mike Zimmer, I think, that's something you can see, especially early on in the years. It's probably going to take the Cowboys' defense a while to get to get caught up with how complicated and complex Zim's, especially from a coverage perspective, he can be. I mean, when you start talking about when you're running, you know, split safety man match concepts, there's a lot of rules. You know, push alerts, you know, flat alerts, all these different kind of alerts that you have to be aware of 
depending on the formation, depending on the route distribution and all these things. So you got to have guys that are extremely intelligent that can communicate extremely quickly. And if they can't do that, then it's going to really limit a lot of the things that you can do. And I think that's why some defenses, they go to that country cover three. You know, there's not a lot of rules. It's kind of just drop, read the quarterback's eyes and drive. And it allows guys to play fast and don't have to think as much. Love it, John. Appreciate your time. Is there anything else about this football team you want to get off your chest before we let you go? Uh, nope, nope. Just excited to see what's going to go on. I'm really excited to see who Zim's going to bring on with the coaching staff. Excited to hear your guys' thoughts on everything. So, yeah, just interested in the next steps. There he goes. John Owning, salute to you, sir. A wealth of information really good at what on he does. football, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. outstanding. That's why we like having him on. All righty. Uh, when we come back, G-Bag Nation, it's time for the top 10 at 420. Well, Chuck, where are you taking us? What are the top 10 most eaten foods in the world? Let's hear your guesses. 877-881-1053. And what's the food you eat most every day? That's next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. We got uh, a proper round tripper in about 15 minutes. We'll be talking Rangers baseball with you. And football's finest is coming up at 5 o'clock. But check it out. In one hour, the most compelling reason yet to believe maybe the Cowboys are actually fixing to go for it like we haven't seen in years. Cowboys fans, you want to believe? Stick around. In one hour, we're going to do that. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel. Free consultation, 214 or 817 Go to truckwreck.com. And here he is, Zach with an H, your woolly bully. Thank you. We will get to our top 10, the top 10 most eaten foods in the world. What is the food you eat the most on a regular basis? 877-881-1053. Before we get to that, I did see that the SEC, Brian, they yes. are reportedly buckling to outside pressures. They're going to move to more conference games. They are going to go to the nine-game model. The Big Ten, go. the Big 12, and the Pac-12 had all previously moved to the nine-game model as a way to more quickly rotate through conference foes 
and limit out-of-conference scheduling. SEC's like the eight-game model, but now you're adding two more schools in Texas and Oklahoma. SEC probably going to go to that nine-team model. That's good. Just I think ready, so, too. Just getting ready for TV. Getting ready for the big TV package. I mean, now you've like got that. just so many tantalizing matchups in the SEC. You the, might as well do that. Yeah, the problem is there's just no, there's really no easy wins now that you're adding Texas and Oklahoma as well. You know, you're, you're going to deal, I mean, Vanderbilt for a long time has been the team that's been down. You know, everybody else is kind of, you know, Missouri's now on a run. You know, they're, they're, they finished, they beat Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. So, you know, the, the, from top to bottom, that's why. I mean, you just need that maybe that one extra win somewhere, but now you're going to have to find it in your conference. The other thing before we get to the list is if you are interested in going to a Colorado football game this year, you're going to be paying good money. Cheapest ticket price of any of their games this year is Colorado at Kansas. That is $77 for the worst seat in the building. Uh, overall, you're looking at 124 bucks for their opener when they host North Dakota State. They've got prices against Baylor for $217 for the cheapest ticket. They're playing Cincinnati. It's $221. Their finale with Oklahoma State, as they, uh, of course, are in their first year of the Big 12, $132. Texas Tech, $115. Hey, the prime effect is real there in Colorado. We saw that last year. But now, even just the get-in price for one of the worst ticket seats. It, it is. I yeah. mean, my goodness. I, th- I think those those prices sound low to me, Brian. You know, they, they I'd, do, I'd be, I'd be buying them up if yeah. I was a ticket broker. For a nosebleeder. If they yeah. start 3-0, and you know, week four is going to be triple that price. They could have sure. a chance to win the Big 12. I mean, they did go ahead and hit the transfer portal. I They've got a good quarterback. I don't know if I got butt cracked on this one, but I saw that their program lost $9 million last year. Nine? What? They lost $9 million? Yeah. That feels That feels like a... Yeah, that feels like a crack. I don't think that. Yeah, man, I, don't I, know. I, I saw I saw uh, the athletic director. I need to look that up. I thought about bringing it up, but I thought they had a nine million dollar deficit in their program. Maybe not the foot. Maybe the whole program itself. You see that like in the one American their, their news sports athletic section? program. I, t- I saw it somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> the, no, dude, their EBIT has got to be way better than that. All right, back to you, Zach. Yeah, the EBIT has got to be better. All right, let's get to uh, the top ten most eaten foods. I'll look in it the up. World. I'm not paying attention right now. That's way. fine. That's all right. I won't. I won't go to you then. Uh, this is a food conversation, Broadus. I'm looking get in the mix, dude. I'm looking up Colorado deficit. Okay. Honestly, I'm just glad he's finally looking something up. I think this is a big moment, look and we should up. applaud him. For look this. it up. This is good. I like this. We'll get to you in a moment with your most eaten food, Brian, and maybe when we get into the top ten, which you think is number one. We got a lot of text for eggs. All right, tortillas, uh, rice. Steak. Rice is one I've got to Pizza. give up. I gave that up for Lent. Fried rice. You gave up rice? Yes. Man, that's a tough one. Rice and bread. Was Is bread the number one food you eat on the regular? Rice. It's rice would be your number one? By far. Yeah, he lives at the poke place. That, yeah, that, he Thank does. you very much. Yeah. He does live at the poke place. Yeah, what, what's the food you eat the most, Lucius? Uh, I can't stop eating chicken, bro. Dude, me too. Chicken's I my number one. I cannot stop eating chicken of all sorts. You can make it so many different ways, like <laughs> bubble gump and that shrimp. That's how you can do chicken. But so, I think the most food ate on this planet is noodles. Ramen yeah, noodles. Yeah. Okay. Noodles. Noodles. Huge noodles. at my house right now. We're we're in a we're in a ramen golden era. Dude. Noodles are remixing so it. Throwing chicken in there, broccoli. I know it's right. I'm having a blast. This. Making teriyaki ramen. Teriyaki ramen yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah. Just don't use as much seasoning, okay? Hit the chicken hard with the teriyaki sauce and garlic. Damn. And then just pour that on top of your noodles. That's some good stuff right there. Number one most eaten food uh, for me, probably definitely chicken. Yours is probably ground beef, Eric, I assume. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the beef and the <laughs> eggs. Kidding? Beef and the eggs, probably. Bananas. 
blueberries. Oh, and the Boulder, Colorado chips. Oh, the chips. I I eat an ungodly amount of those. Yeah. If uh, I had to isolate it, I would say cookies, Woolchuck. Really? Yeah. Pound for pound. A specific kind? Because I know you've, and you bounced around the, the types. Yeah, I, I, I got to rotate them. Okay. Yeah. Now you have to. You have yeah. to rotate. That's always good. Fries, bacon, cereal, ramen noodles, hashtag prison from the 682 is being checked, uh, texted wow. burgers and fries. They just call you prison for eating ramen noodles? No, I mean, that is a food you can get in prison. Yeah, I think it's yeah. good eating in prison. I think so. Put a little spam in there. Good to go. Nobody hates on ramen, dude. You can get either you can go cheap ramen, I, I can, or yeah. you can go expensive ramen. I can honestly yes. say ramen I'm, fills all needs. I don't, I don't understand not, the point of going expensive ramen because I think the the cheap stuff is just as good. And then you doll it up like you said, Dawson, whatever yeah. you want. You can't. That hasn't had expensive. I, ramen. I think that the clearly <laughs> the the expensive the one with the with the with the spice profile, they just nail it. Yeah, they do. Like it's it's only like eight cents of spice, but they charge you three extra dollars for it because. Yeah, I don't is that know. the stuff in the little packets? Yeah. That, that works? Well, it's also, yes. you know, you go to an actual ramen place, you know, the broth that they're using, you can get the pork belly in there, different types of meats and proteins. So, they're, I mean, they're dolling it up to where it's, it's not just your typical ramen noodle packet that you're eating. No, I, I, I know that they're I know they're doing something a little bit different when you're going Charging to the, the high-level yeah. place. But, I mean, the biggest mistake I've ever made was being at a P.F. Chang's <laughs> and ordering the ramen. Oh, instead of the Mongo beef? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I wouldn't get the ramen like, at, the, at the P.F. Chang's. No. No. I get that. Can't stop eating pizza. Okay, I'm glad people are texting in pizza. Pizza it's bread. is an honorable mention. Uh, it is the 16th most eaten item. $9.9 million. And this is global? This is around the world. Okay. Most eaten foods in the world. You've got soup. We've got tomatoes, potatoes, and apples. All that makes sense to me. I mean, Those soup feels a bit generic. You know, it's like a pretty vague there, but yeah. just, I'll take it. It is It is soup. generic. It just covers all soups. Uh, warm, you know, basically the broths, you know, because e- each country has a different soup that they probably want to use. Yeah, sure. state soup. But your base is the broth. I gotcha. Uh, all countries are eating soups. Number 10 is corn. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> corn. Because think about it. Think of all the different things you can make with corn. I mean, corn tortillas. Bread. Corn on the cob. Tamales. Use corn. So there's a lot. And America loves their corn. Apparently, we're big up there when it comes to corn consumers. <laughs> Number nine is Except fish. for Lucius. Yeah. I don't like corn. Well, is it because it goes out the same way it goes in? Uh, it looks the same yeah. when it goes out. Uh, it has no flavor. It's boring. It's a filler. It is it a filler. Is. Yeah. yeah. Feed it to catfish. That's what my grandfather used to do. But I do love that cream corn that you can get like a babes. Yeah, well, yeah. When you yeah. get a babes cream corn Dude, kind of deal, it is good. Crawfish boil is pretty good. Corn on the cob. Yeah. Get the seasoning on get there. The seasoning on there. Yeah. Number nine is fish. Uh, Japanese sushi, very, very popular when it comes to this. The different types of fish that's that are my problem in that too. cuisine. Uh, tuna leads the way when it comes to the fish. There Salmon, tilapia, uh, that's big up there as well when it comes to the most eaten fish in the world. Number eight, though. This was interesting. It's dairy products. So like milk and cheese. Milk love and cheese, cheese comes in at, at number eight. And I guess uh, people do love their cheese, like Greek yogurt, uh, feta. It, it's know, addictive. It is. Like addictive. it's 100% real life it addictive. Is. There's a, uh, some type of uh, something comes out. And what's the name? Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, it's addictive. Like the makes the baby cow be attracted to the, the mother so she he can go back and get that milk again and again and again. Same thing happens to us when we eat the cheese. It's the same chemical being released in us, and we go back and get that cheese again and I again and again. Kind of yeah. makes you happy. Uh, it's a fundamental source of protein and calcium for much of the world. Number seven is eggs. 
I thought that might be higher. Eggs on a daily basis for a lot of people. I think eggs was heavily texted on the text line. Yeah, yeah, eggs I think is, it's a staple for most. Number six, most eaten food in the world is beef. Okay. A little low, you think? Uh, Yes. I mean, it is top six. Considering he eats it every day. If this was taken in Texas, I think it would be number one or two. I'd agree. The United States leads the herd when it comes to oh, good, well played there. The meat, yeah, one hundred percent herd, followed by uh, Brazil and China, and then you've got Argentina, Australia, and India. Yeah, have you ever watched that guy from Brazil, Gunther, whatever that guy cook? Those, I have no Gunther? idea who you're talking about. Those, those, those clips, the guy does like, like the wagyu beef and stuff like that mm-hmm. on YouTube. No. Yeah, you Gunther. No. Gunther. Yeah, Gunther. Okay. Is he a machine at it? No, he's he, he's. <laughs> Honestly, the the thing that has given me the most uh, like I'm social media out. satisfaction over the last couple of months maybe is just all these different steak videos, and they just they're cutting steak. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And they're just Slicing showing meat. you how amazing it is. You do love the meats. Uh, six eggs every morning. Says our guy Hayden texting in. I'd oh, like wow. to receive messages. Eight one seven. We'll get you messages. Don't you worry. Rice being texted in a lot. Bananas will be top five. We'll see about that. We'll rice, see about rice, that. Nine three six. Rice, rice is. By far, the rice best. is probably a good guess, guys. That's the most famous filler, Top, actually. Well, yeah, but it's good with everything. Top five most eaten food in the world is pork. I was surprised the pork knocked out pork over beef, but the versatility of pork is undeniable, and that is why uh, you look across the globe, everybody is using pork. You're getting bacon in there. You're getting sausage in there. I think it has more versatility around the three main meals of the day. Germany, Spain, beef, Brazil. no doubt, dominates dinner. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. their love and their pork. Like even German bratwurst. Ham sandos. Pork. Like the sausage. Yeah. Absolutely. Pork. Number four is chicken. Which is my number one. Uh, people are consuming chicken all over the world at a very high rate. Number three is pasta. So, Lucius, you nailed the top three. I know. The pasta. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense, dude. I mean, it was very quickly... Very quickly, my kids are not even, I mean, my oldest is not even four years old yet. It didn't take her long to realize pasta. If you pretty much ask her anytime, like, what would you want to eat if it was your choice? Pasta. She's going to hit you with pasta. Well, every culture Does she uses do it with it. just the butter or does she have to have the sauce? No, no. I mean, any which way, really. really? Yeah. You got East Asia, they'll use it. Russia will use it. Um, you've also got, of course, Italy, America. We're using it for our knockoffs from the Italian cuisine. So everyone's using that. Number two is bread, Brian. Yep. French braguettes. Uh, India's got the naan that they're going to be rocking with. So we got a lot of the baguettes. Baguettes. Braguettes. The braguettes. We're braggadocious over here. Number one, though, most eaten food in all the world. It is indeed rice. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you, Wolchuk. Lombardi blew my mind last week when he said lasagna is the Christmas dish. Yeah. Like, I would not have thought that either. Yeah. Like, it's not popular in Italy. What? It's uh, lasagna. He, he really doesn't know what he's talking about. That was just something you got butt cracked. Well, he's there. been to Italy. Have we been to Italy? I, yeah, I have. And when yeah. he said that, I was like, well, when I was there, I yeah. definitely had the lasagna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I it, was, I was, it was March. Yeah. So, I Must know. have just been his part of Italy. I mean, yeah. he was there for 90 days. Acting oh, like he was there for a long time. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I was just getting him. in March. I think he's an idiot. Well, I don't know about all that. Maybe we just got some different information. <laughs> different yeah. parts different of Italy. Part of Maybe they sold yeah. him, you know. Yeah. Well, we, we only make this around yeah. uh, wintertime, so. Yeah. <laughs> we have to charge it twice. And he, and, he, and, he, and he was dumb yeah. enough to grow. Oh, okay, oh. thanks. Yeah, okay. Big American football man. Yeah. Slip me 100 bucks. <laughs> Love it. Getting hustled out there. Yeah. Why, why not? Should've the special Italian Christmas uh, that they're using with the lasagna. 
Sounds good. There it is, your top 10 at 420 every afternoon here in the G-Bag Nation. Now, you're going back-to-back back here, uh, Wolchuk, because we, we, need, we need a proper round trip, or what do you have in store? We got the top 100 list. How many Rangers have made it as they've given us the top 80 players in Major League Baseball and some CY audio for you? That's next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lucius. It is the GBAC Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Yeah, coming up at 520, the most compelling reason yet. To believe maybe the Cowboys are actually getting ready to go all in, like Jer Bear said. Uh, this segment of the nation features a proper round tripper. Here we go. Zach Wolchuk, our baseball expert. Big news right now is Rob Manfred's been talking to the media, courtesy of John Morosi of MLB Network. He has confirmed today that he plans to retire as Major League Baseball commissioner at the conclusion of his current term, which will end on January 25th, 2029. So for those like me that don't really love Rob Manfred as a commissioner, although I will say that the rule changes they've made in the last two years have been very, very beneficial for the game, in my opinion. But uh, we're going to go ahead and get a passing of the torch after 2029. Rob Manfred will no longer be the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Man, that's really interesting. I I feel like he's young, right? Like he's. And why would you walk away from a job that's paying you so much as a commissioner? It's just rare that you see uh, a guy like this. But I guess he is 65 years old, so maybe retirement's there. Okay. He looks great then because I didn't think he was 65 either. It might be the headache of the job. He's definitely he definitely got a lot of backlash. You know, I mean, the big reason he, why I don't like him is because of how he handled the Astros thing. I just think he's not doing that good of a job. No, I think maybe the teams would want to be like, hey, let's get somebody else in who can give us a more presidential vibe. Well, he's probably in a situation too where every day he has to listen to them kind of bitching at him about stuff. Yeah, and he, yeah. it's just it's just too much. He's like, okay, listen, I'm gonna I'm, but then 2029 seemed like a long time away. It's five years. I mean, gosh, why why are you announcing that? What why did why wouldn't you you know? I, I don't know. What I are guess. we trying to give Major League Baseball an opportunity for five years to figure somebody else out? You know that they can bring in. It is a long way away. It absolutely. Uh, it is. just seems like it's it's stupid to to even talk about. You kind of watchdogging it a little bit. I am watchdogging it a lot. How much does he make, by the way? Because Goodell makes a ridiculous thirty something million dollars, maybe more. 50 I thought million? I thought it was at this point like fifty million a year that Goodell was making. I wasn't sure what Manfred was touching. Seventeen five. Seventeen five. Yeah. Okay. That's unbelievable. Five more years of that. I just okay. don't think that would be your idea, you know. But I, I would see it being the team's idea is like we got to get this guy out of here. He didn't uh, punish the Astros for cheating. When's the next TV deal up too? He probably doesn't want to go through that again. I could see him not wanting to deal with that headache when he's dealing or with he's trying collective to juggle, bargaining again. Juggle, the, yeah. He got blamed for that. The strikes, yeah. yeah the yeah, strikes. No he got blamed for a lot of things. I mean, yeah, you can blame me for things if you give me seventeen five, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take the heat. He also said he would like to have the expansion process in Major League Baseball to 32 teams in place by the time his tenure as commissioner ends in 2029. He clarified that having the process in place does not necessarily mean the franchise would be awarded by then. Uh, And he added that the A's deal to move to Las Vegas is solid. The club has been thorough in evaluating an interim home covering the 25, 26, and 27 seasons before the scheduled Las Vegas opening 
in 2028. We know they're looking at maybe trying to extend the lease there at the Coliseum. But Good luck with that. Uh, I don't know. It seems like such a mess, this A's move to Vegas. It's a mess because the A's are a mess. They are a mess. Ownership's a mess. They are a big time mess. And they don't work with anybody. They don't hit the, they, you know, they make delays. And it's crazy what they go through. It got to the point where even we were in Vegas last week. Yeah. What did, what did the mayor in Vegas say? Maybe you need to go uh, back and talk to the uh, stay Oakland, in Oakland. about it. Yeah. We don't need you here. Yeah. You're causing headaches already, and it's just going to be a pain in the ass when you get here. They just cannot get anything together in the right way. It's been a headache. I mean, they're just a disaster. Shout out to uh, Marcus Simeon. He is the highest ranked Ranger as of now in the top 100 of MLB's list. They've unveiled uh, 100 through 21 so far. Marcus Simeon is 21st on the list last year. He came in at 46, and he is one spot higher than the Houston Astros' Jose Altuve, who is at 22, which I enjoyed. Adoles Did they watch the postseason uh, with Marcus? It does not count? I think it does. Is this regular season? I ranking? think all of it counts. It absolutely does. I mean, Marcus. What, are you watchdogging I mean, over there? He plays I've, all the games. Yes. I feel Most like. played appearances in the history of the sport. I feel like Corey Seager said I might be actually better than Shohei Otani at the plate here, guys. Watch this. Well, maybe Corey mm-hmm. Seager will be uh, number one. We'll wait and see where, where okay. Corey Seager is. Okay. Uh, he is, he is so I thought far, you told us he was the highest no, ranked No, so ranger. far okay. he's the twenty. He's the highest oh. ranger. We still got the top 20 to come out. See. But Marcus Simeon is 21st I'm not listening right now. again. That's twice now. No, you're good. We've only got through 21. Didn't want to call you out for I that. know you were about to. I was, <laughs> but I was listening, so I didn't want to call you out because <laughs> you never know. We have like a couple more hours left. I might not listen. Thumbs up, buddy. Yeah, yeah there you go. Thumbs it's all up good, to you guys. too. We, we were all guilty of it at some point. Yeah. Oh, we're going we're gonna to air that uh, in the 6 o'clock hour. We're going right. to relive the moment where nobody was paying attention to my uh, basketball or butt crack. I thought Dawson made an excellent point. I was listening to his point, and I huh? just wanted to, I wanted to agree with it. That's what I was doing. I was just agreeing with him. Yeah, you were. Big agreement. Uh, Adolis Garcia at 39. He oh. was 99 a year ago, so a big jump for Adolis Garcia. I think I got to go at 555. Are you leaving at 555 today? <laughs> no, no. Good, because I am. Hey, what do you guys uh, think about Tiger Woods' <laughs> new really. logo thing? What, what does that have to do with anything we're talking about right now? I'm just asking a question. I just saw it on TV. Yeah, oh, man. Okay. We're, going, we're going around the fairway. Yeah, I mean, this is around the bases. We can bring up your Tiger Woods fetish later. We're going we'll, around we'll be, the... We'll be baseballing next week. Around we'll the greens. Two weeks, two I'm weeks. excited for that. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, I do think Nathan Avaldi was a little bit too low for my liking no, on this list. Let's go around the cart path. Avaldi was at 91. <laughs> Jordan Montgomery was at 90. Oh, okay. So, hey. Let's I, not pay him. I think you could have put did watch the playoffs. <laughs> Nathaniel Lowe is at 98. So, there's your Rangers right now in the top 100. We'll see where Seager ends up being. Here's Five. You think number five? Yes. That could be a good guess. I think he'll be in the top ten. Oh, no. he He's he's top three. He's top two. Top two. Maybe top one. Poke bowl bet? I'll, poke poke bowl. bowl bet that he's, it, that, he's, that he's a higher ranking than five? No, you're saying three. I'm saying five. Okay. Poke bowl in Arizona bet. Deal. Otani's going to be one. We didn't say that. We just said We're just talking or, about championship We're just talking about our guy. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Oh, you want to talk more about Tiger? Carry on. Okay. Chris, Chris, he wore all white today. Did you see that? It's kind of crazy. Did he? Yeah, I did not see that. He looked good. He, he wore it well. Hope he didn't crap his pants. He didn't. <laughs> Thank God you just seen it. Chris Young on Jacob Degrom and his throwing recovery. How he's on track, hopefully. And not uh, good. See what CY said. <laughs> Jacob started throwing. Uh, the first um, day went great. I think he was off yesterday, and we'll resume again today. Started playing catch. He started his normal um, catch progression. Um, it's part of the standard rehab for um, Tommy John. And um, I think it was, I, I don't know the exact distance or number of throws, but it was um, a great day. Uh, Jacob said he felt great. It was a long way to go, uh, but um, 
picking up a baseball and playing catch for the first time is is significant. I'm going to just live under the thought process that Jacob DeGrom is not going to pitch for the Rangers this year. Not, I, I and then think, if he does give you anything, it was better than I thought. You should up that to just never pitching again in a Ranger uniform. I don't believe that. No, I, but then it'll just you you ease the you ease the the pain when it ends up only being you know another handful of starts. See, I don't want to be that negative about it. I think he's going to be your opening day starter, uh, not this year, but the year after. But I just don't think he's going to be ready to rock fully, and I don't think that they should push him uh, if he's not this season. Well, I hope the Rangers have more doubt than you because that's the only way you you could uh, effectively manage this injury. And he you, just like pitches once. <laughs> we don't want opening day. You don't want him to pitch opening day you just ever again. Your your off season is ten months, dude. We're we're gonna get you in shape God. to debut around September tenth. That should give you five starts before the playoffs start. I agree. And then just pitch him in the postseason? Yes. you got to make the postseason, though. I don't know if you're making it. Oh, you are, dude. With these bats, this defense, if it's in doubt, we might pitch you a couple of times in July and August. Okay. We'll just have your arm ready to go. Uh, Here with CY on the players and not being satisfied after just winning one World Series title. This is the most professional group I've ever been around. Um... They're extremely focused, they're extremely motivated, and my sense is they're not satisfied. And um, while I think they deserve to be celebrated for what they accomplished last year, um, I think this group has expectations and ambitions beyond um, reaching the top one time. I love it. I love everything that CY's saying there. My God. Uh, They're hungry. They're ready to go. It's going to be amazing. Hungry dogs hunt best. Damn right. This is unbelievable what Tiger Woods has done with his logo in this new company, <laughs> Sunday Red. Uh, I think it is a worthy topic of discussion for sure, Brian. Thanks. Appreciate Around that. Around the nine iron. I, I, I think maybe a buddy of his was like, dude, I can do some graphic designs. And they're like, yeah, we don't need companies like Nike with their six-figure graphic designers to come up with cool logos. We'll just have like a weird outline of a cat. It's bones, I guess, uh, on, a, on a red screen. And for some reason, put a space between sun and day. And there we go. <laughs> Everything's everything's gravy, and it looks like it looks like a high school project, bro. Oh no! It looks it's bad. So hopefully they can recover from this. Apparently he did not want the old Tiger Woods logo from Nike. He says, "No, you can keep that." Yeah, I got okay. something worse. I'm gonna in make store. my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna rebrand this thing, going to the next level. It's, uh, hopefully his return to the course is going better this week. Just a bunch of quarter zips and. I think yeah. he was actually playing with Josh Allen yesterday. So Josh Allen got a nice Valentine's Day surprise. Use a quarter zip though. Yeah. You guys? Thank you. Hey, uh, G-Bag Nation, when we return, it is time for the 5 o'clock hour, and uh, it's time for an edition of Football's Finest. What's that looking like, Chief? Is Micah the right kind of line? We know he's a line, but is he the right kind of line? We'll hear from a, a guy who knows Mike Zimmer very, very well. And would you welcome back these guys at the right price next year in the nation? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.